Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. I had sheet notes for what I was going to talk about, and I don't know where I put it, so I'm going to try to do this off the top of my head. Yeah, welcome to the energy. I know. <laughs> it's just how it is. Uh, the, the main thing to know is uh, you're dead. Your character is dead. You are a, pers- a, a, a body that has had all of the blood exsanguinated from you, uh, and you are no longer alive through a force of magic, mysticism, something... When the sun goes down, your body animates, and this thing arises that is you. It has all the memories that you had over the course of your life. It knows all the experiences. I mean, it's you. It just The philosophical question of where is your soul is definitely in limbo. That is the main thing I just want you to remember as you go through this. Whoever this person is, they've died. They've had an experience with a person, a vampire, who has done the full uh, interview of the vampire, you know, took all their blood out, watched them shit their corpse, and was like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, Vampires have their own lore about their own history, about how things went, and because vampires are mostly shadows of humanity, that is as long as human history. So this may feel a bit recyclable, but uh, I'm not going to go over all 2,000 years of human history. I'm going to hit the most important notes in vampire <coughs> According to their own mythology, vampires started with a being known as Cain, uh, with an E at the end, but very similar to the Cain and Abel, as Cain was apparently cursed by God, or the gods, or, you know, Cthulian entities out past the distant cosmos. Whatever happened, the curse that now inflicts your reanimated body started thousands of years ago with this individual. Uh, he sired three other people who are considered the Endulians, uh, the pre-flood Endublians. Endulians. I was kind of hoping it was Endublians. I think I th- Andaluvians. That one. I'm not good at Greek. Andorra Lavella. Sorry. <laughs> but they are the pre-flood vampires because in vampire mythology there was a first city, there was a flood, and then there were things that still came after. Uh, the rumor is that uh, the, the, the mythology suggests it is extra creepy actually with the kids at, in the background. <laughs> like, I hope that does pick up because it sounds like it's all ghosty and shit. <laughs> anyway, um, um, the first city supposedly was some sort of paradise, potentially, according to some mythologies, where vampires and people uh, lived in harmony and other things. It was a hellhole where the vampires ruled with an iron fist over subjugated humanity. Who knows? That was then. Afterwards, there were 13 other people that were sired. I think they are called the Anasili. But that just basically is a fancy word to mean the head of the 13 clans. These 13 clans are in some way roughly where your characters have descended from. Um, we can go over them uh, in just a moment because they've played a variety of roles in the history. Um, but the the kind of biggest moment in vampire history came in the 15-ish hundreds. Um, nobody saw it coming. It was the Inquisition. Uh, 
points. Thank you. Uh, I was proud of that. I get my own note. <laughs> I planned that and it worked. We didn't like it. No, you all you all did the grin and the Chris did the head nod and I kept the points on it. Anyway, <laughs> by I the start dark. nodding my head at things. What I just learned. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it had so much power. Oh. <laughs> now I'm sad. Uh, with the Dark Ages, all these really old vampires had kind of carved up Europe amongst themselves and had sort of lived as like monsters on the manor. And when the Inquisition came along in the mortal world, uh, the sort of stagnant chessboard that they had set out for themselves saw a chance to kind of play around. So they would be like, uh, you should go kill my friend in that province. I'm totally not a vampire. And then the Inquisition would be like, yeah, of course, and we're totally not coming to your house at dawn. Like, no, no, no. And it was kind of a time of upheaval and terror for vampires. And what the elders would do oftentimes is they'd be like, hey, five people in my village, or maybe dukes or whatever, I'm going to make you vampires, and you get to hang out in this castle full of servants, and you can eat and fuck and whatever you want. I'm going to go about 500 miles that way. Don't worry about why. <laughs> and if in the morning somebody is knocking on the door, just die. It's fine. I mean, I mean, just do whatever you need. To do. <laughs> uh, and that led to the uh, thing, something called the Great Anarch Revolt, uh, which basically sometimes people would survive that little setup, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'd start finding other people who would survive, and they're like, you know who really fucking sucks? old-ass vampires who just abandoned you to be killed by the Inquisition, I think we should go kill them. And then they did. And it became kind of a bloody time for vampires where you're like, I don't know if I can trust other vampires. All the humans are out to get us. We got to do something. Uh, and so they had this thing called the Convention of Roses where they said, hey, you know what we need? A liberal solution. Uh, and they came up uh, with something called the Camarilla, 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 depending upon how pretentious and or what accent you have. Uh, it is definitely an Italian word that means, like, the sitting room. Uh, but basically it was, they had this thing called the Convention of Thorns, where they were like, we need rules to this vampire shit. Um, one of them, the masquerade. Nobody can know vampires exist, because it turns out when they know vampires exist, they try to kill the vampires. Really bad time. Uh, second rule... Princes run everything. We're just going to have one guy in charge of the city. He'll have, like, a council of people beneath him and so on and so forth. But we can't just have, like, willy-nilly go kill the elders. Elders make people. That's a new rule also. Like, get permission before you make kids and no murder. Or, or not literally make kids. I mean, also, don't make kids. That's fucking gross. Don't make kids into vampires. That's <laughs> disgusting, bad, evil. How often does that happen, though? Uh, well, we'll get to that. Uh, Sorry. Not very often, actually. But, but um, so the Camarilla forms uh, and kind of declares itself the overarching form of vampire government in the 1500s, and it works pretty well. Um, there are some people within the Camarilla who think maybe they could go a little further than authoritarian dictatorships, like maybe parliamentary democracies or republics or whatever, and they are derogatorily referred to as anarchs. After all, what do you want? Another anarch revolt like no no we got the masquerade we're fine so even the people who are more rebellious are like well yeah actually the masquerade thing is super good we're not dead so like let's do that but there were some people left over uh who end up forming a death cult called the sabbat who were like actually what if we just like went real hardcore into evil 
Like as long as as long as we're no longer human, what if we just get rid of our humanity? Uh, and over the course of like the eighteen hundreds, the Camarillas start to realize like, oh, we probably should have taken care of that reactionary force. We probably should have taken care of those guys because now now all of our cities are being attacked and we're in open warfare. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's weird how history repeats itself amongst an immortal community, much like it does amongst a mortal community. I'm getting somewhere with all of this, which is in the uh, early 1900s, California uh, uh, gets to a point between this Anarch branch and Camarilla, where actually Anarchs kind of step up and declare all of California as a free state. So there are these little baronies where, to a certain degree, whoever's the most powerful is still in charge. But, you know, if five of you are more powerful than one person, maybe five people are in charge instead of just one person kind of deal. Um, and it definitely does change things from the Camarilla. It's, it, is, it is sometimes a Republican-Democrat distinction, but at the same time, I think us being in this country could be like, oh yeah, those are two different-ish things, right? Uh, but the Sabah is definitely crazy and a blood cult. Like, they're... They try to bring about Armageddon and wake up the ancient vampires in the hope that they'll just ravage humanity and vampires can be back at the top of the hierarchy. Um, they eventually kind of burnt themselves out in the 80s or 90s, is the belief. Because uh, in, like, right around 2000, there is a an ancient vampire that does wake up and it wreaks havoc all along uh, the southern coast of Asia. It ends up being considered like a typhoon to mortal news, but it is... A uh, uh, it takes wizards and a bunch of like similar shit, like a nuke, a magical satellite, and like the fact that it was the right time of day when it happened is the only reason all of these people, all the government and religious organizations, think that they stopped this. Uh, but you'll notice those two words I use there: religious and government uh, organizations created the Second Inquisition, which is really the preamble to where you guys are. Uh, just, but all of that is so you know the important parts of the history. Uh, the Second Inquisition led to um, roughly before the pandemic. So first real question I'd like to ask the group, are you guys comfortable with the pandemic being a part, like a thing that has happened in our story? Or do we want to be pre-pandemic? I don't really know how to be pre-pandemic anymore. I think it's more interesting to have it because it would be really funny to have a vampire that's like, I don't want no vaccine blood. No, that's perfect. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't drink the blood of people who have been vaccinated. That shit's got that's an poison. And if you get COVID, if that's you drink you. some COVID blood, you have to drink blood of someone who just took some ivermectin. <laughs> you have to down it with bleach after you drink I COVID immediately blood. go and suck the blood of a racehorse. <laughs> it turned out all the advice Trump had was good, just not for people. This whole time. Well, it's as a Republican, he was only hanging out with the undead, so he didn't know what he thought about. <laughs> right. like, Him and Mitch McConnell were just sitting around, and he was like, you know what, you need Mitch. <laughs> Mitch was like, ah, bring me another Nothing child. Nothing worse has happened to turtles than Mitch McConnell. Yeah. No. Not even those little plastic rings in the old Ocean. I mean, you they see Lindsey Graham's eyes rolling into the back of his head and him like T pose floating in the center of a room, sucking <laughs> oh all the energy out of everyone. Oh, it's like, this one's for Baba. Yeah. Well, th- this game is very much, in my opinion, about making sure I get consent and stuff yeah. about things. Because, like, I another thing, I don't want to portray open sex in any of our scenes. I hope that's cool with everyone. Like, if it comes up, it fades to black. Well, you have a nice interlude. Yeah. We're going to go over here. So, uh, we can go over that a uh, little bit more. Once I get, I'm almost done with lore. Um, 
the 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 reason I bring that up is right before the pandemic, the Second Inquisition had really fucking kicked ass, uh, and uh, roughly 2016, 17, 18-ish, there was an intense month of activity where there was, like, firebombs from them, and, like, oh, yeah, there was a gas main explosion in this one place, and vampires were pretty convinced, like, oh, shit, we might lose it. But after that month, it's that sort of thing where it's, like, the war on terror, I, I was telling Corey this joke the other day, I wanted to make sure I said it, war on terror fuck with vampires, because, like, you you x-ray security all that kind of pat down is going to occasionally show that maybe you don't have a heartbeat or if you don't show up on cameras maybe because of particular weakness that's going to get noticed by enough people if your body goes through a a heat detector and you don't have any or passes by fucking heat vision goggles or or whatever yeah yeah, people are going to notice that uh but at the same time, the way things go with clandestine organizations, eventually someone's like, yeah, but where's the receipts for the results? Like, have you done the thing? Cool. Then your mission is over. Right? Like, there's no convincing a government body that, like, an undead threat is, you know, undead. So maybe it knows how to go underground. Uh, which means that for the most part, it seemed like whatever goodwill between the church and the government had eventually burnt out. Uh, and that by the time the pandemic had rolled around, things had kind of been quiet worldwide. In Portland in particular, though, uh, because of the uprisings, they, they have what in Portland is I'm referring to as uh, Inquisition 2 Electric Boogaloo, where whatever branches were here uh, extremely escalated the violence and did nothing to hide it because, well, the cops were doing that during the uprising anyhow. So, like, as long as I've already got a vendetta against an undead dude in the basement... Well up the whole block and say it was Antifa. <laughs> Fuck it, right? Drop uh, C four on the roof. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drones this... strike the building. There weren't any heat signatures. It was an abandoned building. Yeah. Because there were no heat signatures. And who cares if that's like in a really preppy part of, or a really sorry preppy, really poor part of town? Because like, who cares if a house gets firebombed in a poor part of town? They did it in Philly. Uh, we should do a recyclables on that. Uh, what? Yeah, well, one of them, they just firebombed a whole tenement structure to get after, I want to say it was Move. Yeah. No, that, and that, they used a robot bomb. Oh, oh. They literally had a robot go in there. To I thought that, like, I'm pretty pre- sure. I thought that was, like, before robots. I thought they so. dropped C4 on the roof of helicopter. Maybe. You're, you're probably, one of you guys is probably more right. I just know it in the periphery of my head as American bullshittery that we've done. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, what this means for Portland, specifically, is that... Um, Portland has been a weird place. Uh, for one thing, um, the majority kind of magical creature that would live in the Pacific Northwest is werewolves, right? Uh, from Northern California, kind of all the way up, it's, it's primarily lupine territory. Mm. So vampires aren't already empowered here as it is. And additionally, vampire, as it's presented, is very colonizer-rich, shall we say. <laughs> Um, and the way I am flavoring that is whatever indigenous vampires were clearly displaced by, you know, colonizers. Doesn't mean that they're gone. If there are unique clans or bloodlines that exist exclusively that are of native distinction, y'all don't know about them. But it does mean that you have come to a place that was rich with conflict to begin with and then escalated from there. As I mentioned, there's an additional complication because to the south, as I mentioned, there's like the anarch free states, which means if you're actually serious about being an anarch, 
you go to LA or San Diego or San Francisco where you can like get some clout. Uh, but at the same time, maybe if you're an anarch but you lost some face down there, you come to Portland because at least you're in a territory that has anarchs. Similarly with Camarilla, Seattle is a very openly Camarilla city. And Vancouver, BC is run by an independent person canonically. And I'm not going to fuck with that. Uh, but he <laughs> abides by the Camarilla rules. So if you want to be serious with the liberals, that's where you go. Uh, but we are also a strategically important place as we are right in between those two places. So there has to be somebody here from either sort of party's representation. The Prince of Portland, which is the prince is a gender neutral term. It just means the person in charge. It's the princeps, but people traditionally shorten it to prince. Uh, in, for whatever reason, ocular or otherwise, knew about the Anarch Revolt in the South before it happened and did a census in the early 1900s. Just went around and was like, hey, are you like, like, are you Camarilla or are you Camarilla? Like, are you, are you like Camarilla, but like you, you, you just vote Camarilla because like that's the district or are you Anarch? Like, where do you, and so, um, Taking some historical context into this, Portland at the time, uh, up until honestly the 40s, I think it was, or the 50s, was East and West Portland. Uh, West Portland was, of course, downtown, the West Hills, all of those places that had money, and East Portland was where the floodplains were. So you can imagine which class of people lived there and where Vanport ended up being located. Uh, because of this, once the Anarch Revolt happened, basically said, all right, if you are Anarch, you're in East Portland. That's just the rules. And it almost led to open conflict. Things got really heated because people were like, well, I'm Anarch, but I'm Camarilla, and why do I have to leave downtown? Uh, but there were a number of Sabat attacks that basically kind of shut down conversation. It was a thing where it was like, you guys have to move on Thursday, and then Wednesday somebody firebombs us. We gotta deal with the firebombing before I can make you move, it turns out. Uh, and that has kind of been the cycle for a while. There's always been another escalation. So it's like, all right, we're, we're gonna be serious about this thing. Except, you know. Harriet, what are you doing? She's just in the tomb. She's just being cute. Here, Pat, do you wanna hand me that and I'll no, throw it no, right? It's just really loud, Harriet. Just because we're talking about topics that you find uncomfortable. <laughs> She's like, how dare your imaginary game of bloodsuckers have social political commentary? And I refuse to accept this. She's one. like, I just want titties <laughs> with blood on them. I mean, that is an option. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the end result is that after all these things, between the Inquisition and whatnot, they've been forced to work together enough times, but also constantly be ready to be at each other's throat enough that it seemed like uh, post-Inquisition the fight was really going to happen. Like maybe maybe we we're going to have a, a, a Cold War while the uh, 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 pandemic goes on. And then instead you get insurrection to, or whatever it's called, whatever I decided the fun name was for it. The point is that in this current age, the Anarchs and Camarilla have decided to work together more than before because there's way less of them than before, for one thing. And for another thing, the way things have worked out, the Anarchs, at least in Portland, have honestly pushed themselves more progressively than other cities. So there are elections. Sometimes it is someone going around saying, you know, if you don't vote for me, I will literally eat your soul. Like, that's one of my capacities. 
So, like, just remember that. And then wandering off. But there are elections. Uh, and at the same time, the prince has to... It's a functionally like a parliamentary monarch, where there's a few definite set of rules. The prince is definitely the the, the boss, but then there's definitely, you know, uh, it's it's the CEO uh, board of administrators, sort of, or fucking, what do you call that thing? Pretend I know rich people terms. Trust the, the trustee, the... Yeah, yeah. The, the investors? Yeah, board, board of investors. The fiduciaries. Yes, whatever whatever that the kind people. of... However that power structure that keeps repeating itself where one guy has too much and then a bunch of other people also have too much, but, like, are supposed to have... Anyway. Capitalism? So that is, that is the climate in which you all have been embraced. So, for game terms, you have been only vampires for, at the most, a year. You can, if you want to cheat a little bit, say, uh, take advantage of a thing, which is when vampires get powerful and strong enough, they sometimes decide to take a nap and let their blood diminish a little bit over the centuries so that they're not, like, a blood-ravaging monster. Because the older you get, the more alien you get, the more you need to feed the harder it is to satiate that hunger that is inside of you. Uh, so occasionally they will take a little nappy poo and then five or six centuries or five or six decades wake up and be like, all right, cool. What are the nineties? Like, all right, what do I need? Uh, oh, we don't say what words. Oh, no, no. So don't, don't take that aspect. Maybe you've been asleep since the eighties or something. Like I'm down for something. H.P. Lovecraft. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have a familiar. It's a cat. Guess what its name is. <laughs> well, Corey, a boulder falls on you, made of sunlight. I don't know why. <laughs> the arcane forces beyond nature. Here's the real important question here. Um, how much shit am I in for being a furry? You're not. Given that werewolves exist. You're in, in, in this environment, it honestly, like... Just explain to the 500-year-old undead dude what a furry is, and you'll probably... They're going to treat you like people treat furries, I imagine. I thought you said furry for a second, and I was like, but we're all supposed to be vampires. Furries are a thing, though. <laughs> yeah, but right. Then the I, are a different court. You said furry, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Wait, so, got it. Furry? Right. Furry. Yes. Furry. Furry. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be like how there's going to be comics with their hack bit about furries. Yeah. But it's just you're going to be a vampire instead. <laughs> No, I, I think after learning that furries are pretty good at kicking out fascists, I'm like, you know what? I'm big on furries. Honestly, I'm not a good people. They are not. They're not. Furries and jugglers are the time, like. They are good people. Yeah. Furries and jugglers have that same Venn diagram where it's like, there's a few of you that nobody should be around ever, ever. just because. But most of you are pretty open. Yeah, yeah. most of you there's... are. Because there's a lot of like anti fascist jugglers, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. I, yeah. fe- I forgot that existed. Um, I apologize also, I didn't, like, explain the setting, which is the world of darkness. Uh, it is our world, but... Uh, Darker-ish, in that the, the nightmares that exist aren't just humans, right? More they like are... the world of dankness at our table. I want this to be as collaborative as possible. I wanted you guys to know the setting, at least, so you knew where you were coming into. There... No, I definitely paid attention to no, that's all fine. of those words. That's fine. Hey, no. how long are we going to be vampires before the game starts? About a year, at the most. Oh, man, that's going to ruin my whole plan. What's your whole plan? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't have I thought you were going to lie. I mean, literally. It's funny that you say that you're going to be Russian, because I totally picked a guy that's totally Russian. Oh. No, that'll be great. You can have whatever you want. 
Um, no, no, um, he's really accent that much. He's fine. This is just who I am as a person. I can't turn it off. <laughs> I did way more of the history at first than I meant to, so I'm trying to mentally look at the checklist that I thought I grabbed. I No, I did as much of the history as I wanted to. Okay, so um, the important part is the, the fun part, the game mechanic stuff, is you get to uh, pick the clan to which your vampire has been embraced to. I assume you have some idea of the character, the make. I, I assume I don't need to explain role-playing games to you guys. If you do have questions, I don't mean to condescend, but I assume since I've played role-playing games with everybody here except Rochelle, that they understand the concept. But since she and Corey bang, I assume she's heard it during like sleep and stuff. So, we talk too, Pat. No, and like, that's how I started. And I was just like, Chris, do the thing for me. I don't know what I'm doing. No, so. as soon as you leave, we stop acknowledging each other's existence. And it's just sex. That's a really it's healthy really relationship. Wait, wait, wait. It's really annoying because every time people come over, we have to put away the second bed so that we only have one. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> Right. We make it easy. One of us just sleeps in the living room. The other one has the bed upstairs. Right? That's why the Xbox is out here. <laughs> I did not mean to get into this conversation. I'm sorry. You oh, started it. I, yeah, I will yes and you until I am I know. at the center of the earth, okay? Okay, I think so. that was everything I wanted to... Re- Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.